Hello and welcome to E3, Energy and Efficiency with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mottram. This podcast is all about architecture, building science, and female entrepreneurship. So prepare to get nerdy. So welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Everyone who listens here knows that I'm a huge proponent of female entrepreneurs and women in the construction industry, architecture, construction, um, whatever field you find uh, yourself in. And so I am really excited to have Saleha and Kiona on the podcast today, two females in construction with unique backgrounds of how they got there, young females. And so I'm excited for them to introduce themselves, talk a little bit about their experiences, and hopefully tell everybody listening where to find more uh, more women who want to join the industry. So welcome, ladies. Do you want to start? Sure. Um, I graduated college uh, with a major in studio art and a minor in physics. Um, my passion had always been art making, but I was all—I always was trying to find ways to bridge the gap between arts and sciences because I had always been told that you couldn't do both. You weren't allowed to be an artist and also understand science. That's, that, that a lot of people get confused when you like both and it's, you know, so I graduated with those two backgrounds and didn't have a plan and didn't know what I wanted to do and was looking for a filler job, but one that would would be educational and hands-on and out of my comfort zone and um, I didn't like the idea of working behind a desk and I didn't know what kind of organizations I wanted to be a part of. And so I decided that I wanted to learn something physical and learn something tangible and that I could like carry forward into the rest of my life if I ever left it. And so I had a few connections um, to construction companies where I, where I was living and I interviewed and so I, and then I, I got the job and I, I've been working in construction um, for a general contractor for almost two years now. Um, and I'm still learning things every day, every day. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. I've been in the field of architecture for almost 20 years and I learn something new every day too. So I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I went to school with Sal. We graduated the same year. Um, I was a theater major and I focused in costume design. Um, so I worked at the costume shop for all four years. And so I was working with my hands every day and really loved it. Um, but towards the end of my time at college, I kind of realized that I didn't want to do costume design professionally, um, but I was really into ceramics and pottery. Um, so through that, I found a job with a potter. Um, she worked, you know, in her studio at home. And so I was her studio assistant for a few months. And then I slowly realized that I didn't want to be a professional potter either. So I was just sort of, you know, like, checking things off the list, crossing them off, and figuring out what I didn't want to be doing. Um, But part of my work with her was doing some extra yard work for her. She just asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said yes, because it sounded fun. Um, And I realized that, like, I was enjoying being outside and doing that kind of physical work more than the pottery. Um, And that led me to working for an organic farm for the summer last year. And that was really fun. I got to be outside every day and I was using my body and, you know, digging them to the ground with my hands. And I like the feeling of, you know, being a part of a team and getting dirty every day. (laughs) And at the end of the season, I was like, oh, I need a new job. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. And so Sal recommended me to her company and I interviewed with them and they were glad to have me. So I've been there for almost about a year. I think that's awesome because one of the things that we hear as a misnomer a lot in the field of construction is, you know, women are concerned about joining the field because they're concerned about working with their hands and doing labor in that way. And um, I think it was actually on last year's season, uh, Heather was on, uh, she's a contractor local to here and, you know, she owns the company and she says, you know, people come to her all the time and she's like, we don't do things by ourselves. If something's heavy, we have more than one team member who's doing it. And like, there's, 
this whole idea of a barrier to construction for, you know, women getting into it, thinking it's this really hard labor and maybe that's something that they don't want to do. And I don't want to say that it's, it's not difficult work because absolutely it is, but you condition your body. And so, um, I grew up in a farm family. I think it's unique that uh, you had a kind of farming experience before getting into construction, but that both of you did things with your hands um, that led you to, you know, working in construction. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, do you have any background with your family? So like I grew up in a farm family, so my dad was a farmer. Um, but do do any of your uh, your parents or your background or what you come from lead you into this? Or was it just a, like this opportunity came along and so I tried it? Um, my father is an architect. Um, and I, so I, I grew up seeing construction from that side. Um, really not engaging with architecture as a practice very much or construction, but having an architectural influence in my life as a burgeoning artist, I felt like, and I think that having an architect in my, in my life is one of the reasons why I felt so strongly that I could marry arts and sciences in my life and that it wasn't a totally weird, bizarre thing to do. Um, but yeah, my, my father is an architect and so I feel like that has um, given me a really interesting perspective on the work that I've been doing and um, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My parents have nothing really to do with construction or architecture or anything. My mom's an artist, but that's, and you know, she sort of inspired that creative side of me um, throughout my childhood. But besides that, I sort of found my way here on my own. Um, yeah, because, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Well, to your point about um, women working with their hands and being interested in this kind of work or, or feeling like there's a barrier because of the difficulty of the work. I, I feel as though that just from the women that I know, I feel like that is a, a misconception. And like Kiona and I have both come into construction with artistic backgrounds, but like I know so many women who love to work with their hands and who enjoy difficult work who don't have art backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that at least the some some of the people in construction there's a there can be a bit of a macho attitude and that that way of doing things automatically excludes women because they don't behave that way and so women have a tendency to ask for help carrying things because they don't feel any need to pick it up on their own I think you hit <laughs> on a very valid point right there. Why would I bother it's, picking this up? It's too heavy. I'll ask for help. But um, no, exactly, there are a lot of women who want to work in it, in it with their hands and who are fascinated by this. Yeah, and I think both of you, you know, display an attitude where you're like, I'm smarter than this. I'm not just going to pick it up. I'm going to do that. And I think, um, you know, other stories that I've heard have been, you know, they're, they're afraid to ask, you know, because there is this other attitude in, you know, in a lot of the construction industry. So they're like, oh, well, does this make me look a certain way because I needed to ask or... Um, I have another colleague that I work with a lot. He was a contractor for a number of years. He's gotten into the design field and he's like, oh, I go in and I talk to the plumber and I ask him why he's doing this or that. And, you know, he's ready to tell me all about how he's doing this. And I'm like, oh, wow, um, I would really think twice about doing that because and I don't know if it's a mindset in my mind, like he's going to think I don't know what I'm doing if I go ask him what he's doing, right? Yeah. Or if it's just, you know, simple. And so I think um, how we think about it is, is often different. And so sometimes it's just the reminder, and this is why I love to have women on the podcast to talk about this kind of stuff is like, it is perfectly fine to be like, come help me pick this up. And, yeah. um, when I talked to Heather, she said, you know, she'll have women that'll apply for a job who are like, I'll work for free. Cause they don't have any experience. And it's kind of like, no, nobody has yeah, any experience. No, when they no, start. I would never work <laughs> for free. The work is too hard to do it for free. Like, no. Yes. <laughs> 
Exactly. Exactly. And so I think they just need to hear that is like anybody who starts a new job doesn't, you know, doesn't know anything. And sure, maybe you wish that you had taken a class in college where you learned to use a chop saw beforehand or something, but not necessarily that that precluded you from being able to do anything on the job site. You just had to learn how to do it. And that was fine. Well, I, I started with absolutely zero construction experience. I had worked in a wood shop at my college for the theater department. One of the ways that Kiona and I knew each other um, at school. But so I had familiarity with tools, but not in a construction context and having familiarity with tools and no experience in construction basically disqualifies you from being allowed to use the tools. Like they want to know that you know what you're doing with it before they will allow you to like cut things wrong yeah. <laughs> or get hurt. <laughs> um, but I, I swept and picked up trash for the first two to three weeks that I worked at my company. And I just, I think that part of that is a, a theater mentality that's how I see it is that the the entire thing doesn't function if no one picks up the trash and the entire thing doesn't function if no one sweeps but it's still a really important job and you should a get paid for it and b if you do it well people will really notice and really see a work ethic which will help you advance into more exciting things and I will add to that that one of the gurus in the field of construction, Ted Benson, um, who is a really awesome guy. He's been in the field for 40 years, doing a lot for high performance building and timber framing. Um, as part of their company, they have people who become owners and they get a toilet plunger or a toilet brush when they become an owner because he said, absolutely no job is above you in this company. Like somebody has to clean the bathrooms and everything too. And so so what you said right there is is just it is every job is important and how that goes through and you know the the contractors who wear job shirts on that have their company names on them i mean everything makes people look professional and every little thing counts and leaving a job site that doesn't have trash on it makes the homeowner happy which makes your company look good i mean so absolutely all of those things and you have to start somewhere to learn the skills and so even though you were sweeping, you were observing all of the things that were happening on the job site. Yeah, and I was able so. to be in every single part of the job site because there was cash everywhere. <laughs> and I could say, what's that? Is that, what, how, what are you doing? How, how are you doing that? And they would say, oh, uh, well, this is a nail gun and this is subfloor. And I'd be like, oh, cool. <laughs> and once it became clear that I was looking to learn um, the guys on my construction site would call me over and be like, this is a nail gun. This is how you use it. Do you want to use it for a little bit? And I'd be like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but it was an, I think that I, like, I think what they saw in me was an attitude thing was that I'm not here to work as a laborer for a few months until I find something better. Like I'm interested in their experience. I'm interested in learning from them. And I think part of that is, um, I was benefited by an age gap. Um, most of the people I work with are old enough to be my father. And <laughs> so like, there's a bit of that sort of like paternal educational vibe yeah. sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, I think when I started working um, in construction, I decided that I wouldn't be afraid to ask questions even if I thought they were dumb because it showed that I was in, like more engaged and like wanted to learn more. And so like my coworkers, would encourage me to like do difficult tasks and push me in that way um even I would get really frustrated but um <laughs> yeah I think just like asking a lot of questions not even just specifically about what you're doing at the time but just like how they got into construction and sort of what they've learned and like all that sort of thing like advice that they can give you about I don't know if they've you know had their own business before that sort of thing is like it's really valuable and helps build your relationship with your coworkers. Yeah, 80%. Sorry, I think that I was gonna say 80% of your work is is personality and 20% is actually learning a skill that they can teach you. So. I think a lot of the fears that um, someone might have going into this industry of being like really green and not knowing anything and feeling like they have to put on a persona 
to not be treated like a woman or like a child or like whatever your issue may be. Um, but if you, once you get to know your coworkers, then you're a person to them and you're someone that they know and those generalizations fall away a little bit and they realize, oh, this young woman who was just a random young woman is now Sal and Sal is interested in learning this stuff and is a person to me and like I want to teach her how to do these things because she's interested. We're friends, you know? Yeah. I think um, the tradition used to be, I think it was somewhat male-based because it was what men taught their sons and that would, but right now the construction industry has a major labor issue. I mean, nobody can find anybody to work for them. And that tradition of like you being the builder and you teaching your son and being the third or fourth generation builder is not happening anymore. And so nobody is being taught that whether you're a man or a woman or any nationality or, or whatever you are, people aren't, they're not being taught the same things that they were before. And so everybody's kind of starting from that level. And I think that the people who decide to get into construction are fairly passionate about it. And so now they're ending up teaching the people who are willing to come. And so one of the questions and part of why I asked you how you kind of got into it was, you know, do we start talking to students in in classes? You don't have to have an answer to this. This is just one of those theoretical things. But um, you know, do we start talking to students in classes in middle school, like in math class? Like, is shop class even a thing that people have anymore? Like, when I was saying like eighty percent of it is personality, is you know everybody brings a different thing to the team. And, you know, uh, a trainer, a passive house trainer that I had on a couple of weeks ago, you know, she said like, I might not be as good at swinging the hammer as you are, but I'm a really great communicator. And I can explain to you why we build passive houses and why that's important and how you communicate that to a client and, you know, et cetera. And so everybody has a part to play. Is there, is there something specific so far, you know, in the construction that you guys are doing that you enjoy more than other things? I mean, some people like to swing a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. yeah. if you know, no, I, I mean, I just finished um, a pretty big project building an addition to a school. Um, so it was like a big commercial thing. Um, and so it didn't feel as personal. So I guess like the things that I enjoy, have enjoyed doing more or when it's like less cold, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I think it's a it is literally the definition yeah, like working with wood and not concrete or metal um it just i don't know mm -hmm. it feels more organic yeah yeah which is great because it smells Oh, it smells fantastic. I was on a job site today and the client has um, chemical sensitivities. So we actually eliminated pretty much anything that we could that was petroleum based. So we have board sheathing and we have board uh, subfloor. We don't have any plywood. We don't have any, um, we don't have any foam products. We don't like everything is low VOCs. And I walked in there and literally right now it's in the framing stages and everything is wood. And I'm like, it smells so good in this house right now. And I mean, that sounds like the silliest thing, but those carbon storing materials and things like wood are really important both for the environment, but it just make the space feel great. And I was standing in there. I'm like, this house is awesome. I love this. Um, I, I, worked on job sites for the first year at the company that we're at. Um, but after that, I was funneled into our cabinet making shop and I've been working with our cabinet maker for a year now. Um, and so I've really, really, really been enjoying making cabinets um, and learning some of the uh, smaller scale uh, woodworking techniques and like how to build boxes and how to use all the different kinds of routers and like I just I I'm really enjoying that um well so that goes back to a lot of the things about saying like you know jumping into the construction industry there's so many jobs so yeah. like cabinet making 
and finish carpentry is is its own you know its own unique thing it's um more like residential construction it's fussier you have to be more detailed you have to be more into it then there are other people who who just love to frame you know they like to put up frame there are people who like to pour concrete i mean there are so many trades plumbing electrical concrete i mean so many things that you could get into and then there's you know you were describing it as, as being cold and in, in this environment that you have and I often think about that between residential construction and commercial construction is, you know, you may really love construction, but you might enjoy the residential end more where things are really personal. There's a lot more wood in, in residential construction just because it's a smaller scale. Um, you know, not a lot of metal studs and concrete, although we should use less concrete anyway, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's really interesting to hear, you know, you guys work, um, you know, you're working on two totally different projects yeah. and, you know, how you, and I, I, I definitely miss, I definitely miss, um, the variety of day-to-day job site work sometimes. Sometimes um, it's, yeah, it's variety. <laughs> from my, you know, air conditioned, heated workshop. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say she says that now so much. <laughs> she says that now because it's August, but come February when uh, when you're outside and uh, you're doing something and she's in her heated workspace, she might feel different. Yeah, like shoveling snow for eight hours straight. It's like holy cow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've definitely done projects. Um, I did a um, a project with Region 9's high school. They actually have a construction uh, program. And so they built a house one year. Um, and I think they did. They showed up on the job site and they spent all day shoveling to go home and then come back the next day and shovel because they couldn't get to anything. I mean, sometimes shoveling is your job. We little, yeah, we were shoveling like in a snowstorm and we just gave up around nine because like we would shovel a spot and it would immediately get covered in snow again. It's just, there's no point. I know we, when we were, when I was working through the winter on that job on the island, um, we had to do a very similar thing where it's like, okay, all we have to do today is shovel, but we have to, because otherwise there will be twice as much snow here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we like, need to get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah wintertime construction is uh always an interesting animal for sure um and we can't not build in the winter time because there's so much construction going on i mean i think the in the world right now we build new york city every 35 days or something like that that's how much construction is going on so it's a sort of an insane massive amount and like we said you know it, there's a major labor shortage for people to come in and part of why I like to, you know, talk to, to people. Were there any other um, barriers to entry that, that, I mean, you both seem to have the right attitude, which is what I think I've found with most of the women that I've talked to is there, there wasn't any reason why you didn't think you could jump in, you know, to do, to, to try it. Um, and I did an interview uh, with another architect who said, you know, he didn't know that he could become an architect until an architect came to his school and was like, architecture is cool and this is what I do. And then he's like, oh, okay. You know, and so um, I think it's really interesting to see how your, your art background kind of led you to construction. Um, and, you know, does it benefit? Like maybe we need to go to the, all of the art schools and just say, hey, if you like the hands-on part. <laughs> yeah, I guess like my whole life, construction was never brought up or considered as a career option. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mean, I, am I grew up extremely privileged um, and like went to nice private schools. And so I think, like, I don't want to sound mean about it, but there were a lot of elitist mindsets there yeah. and con construction was considered like, lesser lesser yeah and you know you don't need your brain for it and like that kind of thing and yeah. so no one ever mentioned it to me I, I had a very similar experience I think that there's this going to like a, a private um small liberal arts college uh like I went to um there's a tendency to just discount a whole group of careers that are 
pay really well and it are really interesting well. <laughs> and require skill and hard work. And but but the way that we've decided to tell people how education works from a young age is that you have to go to school and then you have to go to college and with college then you can get a job but wait a minute no you can't now you have to go get a graduate degree and then you can get a job but there are these but only these specific but only these specific jobs which all have paths and i think the the thing that is the reason you might find art majors falling into construction is because there is no set career path single set career path once you graduate that says now you take the mcat now you take the bar, now you go to law school, et cetera. There's no like next guaranteed step to yeah. take you through your career. And so you've, I felt like I had to figure out what to do with my art degree and my art degree from like a school that had told me that I was better than construction, which like I'm not, I don't think. Like <laughs> <laughs> I have so much to learn from all the people that I work with and some of them went to college for construction and some of them have been doing it for their whole lives because they love it and some of them fell into it and it's just there are so many different ways to arrive in this industry and I, I think that part of the reason you don't have as many women like Kiona and I with our shared with our similar ish backgrounds is because we're not told to consider those as options yeah and like it's kind of like choose your own adventure. Um, like there's so many different paths you can take and you know, you can dabble in, in a lot of different things and it all counts, it all matters and you're learning all the time and it's not like a, a step ladder, you know? It's kind of just like a web. Yeah. Yeah. People needed to hear that. And so I appreciate that you guys both said that. Um, it's something we talk about a lot in the construction industry um, on BSM Beer on the podcast is that um, the tradition is, oh yeah, the trades are great, but not for my kid. My kid's got to go to college or you know the, the school. And we forget that there are a lot of people in the trades who that's a craftsmanship. I mean, there's whole preservation societies that are trying to preserve levels of craftsmanship from different styles of architecture through the years because at one time that was considered a really you know they were the artists of the time i mean there were there was art but construction was also art and it was a craft and it was things that people really cared about and they really loved and somehow we lost this weird mindset where we think like everybody's got to go to college and then you go to college because that's what you were told to do because i mean at 18 do you really know what you're going to do and so you're told to go to college so you go to college and then you come out of college with so much debt that now you feel like oh well i've got to do this next thing in my field and they are talking about some of the some of the jobs in construction that pay really well and maybe a skill that you learned you were good at in college could translate to that and there's a very big misconception like if you can't do then you can always fall back on construction and yet i think there are a lot of people in really unhappy jobs because they haven't been told that they could or that there's a possibility that construction is really where they belong and it's what they'll love. There's lots of people who work in offices that hate working indoors, you know, and all the cubicle settings and they would love to work outside. I mean, it's part of the reason why I started my own business because I like to go to the job sites too. I don't want to sit in the office all day. You know, I don't want to just crank out computer drawings, but at 18, I went to architecture school and then you're five years of an architecture school and then you're three years after architecture school where you actually learn what architects really do, which is very, very different than what you learn to do in architecture school, right? So you, then you spent your three years, if you're lucky, you spent your three years and you get licensed. And then it's sort of this joke that after you get your license as an architect, you've been doing it at that point, you know, for eight to 10 years, you're like, okay, now I can do something else. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, but it's like you've got 10 years in there and, and so I jokingly say like why didn't my dad tell me to go to trade school I might have been happy being an electrician or a plumber or a, you know a, a carpenter there's and there's nothing cooler and I don't know how you guys feel about it but there's nothing cooler for me than seeing 
something I designed get built or for you guys seeing something that was on paper get built that you helped to build. I mean, that is an experience in itself. Yeah, yeah that sure. certainly is. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I, 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 I think, I think about this a fair amount and I think that the way we talk about stuff is really important and I don't know how long we've been calling them trades, but we have this like reverence for the artisan, but we have this disdain for the trades. And those people are the same people. <laughs> like you go to the craft show and you see the artisan woodworker and like he probably worked construction. He probably made cabinets or drawer boxes uh, by the thousands to ship out to like some cabinet shop or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, you see the, the metal workers probably have done roofing experience. Like yeah. there's just so much overlap with this. And I think that the more we can think of the trades as just another like specialty as opposed to like, oh, a trade, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's like, someone's got to do it. Like, yeah. you know, the house you're living in had, you know, and you don't know how to do it. Homeowner. It's frustrating. Um, well, on the website and that I was on, um, the electricians were both 24. I was 24 at the time. And one of them had just bought a house <laughs> and they had both gone through like uh, trade school and had become electricians and they were running the job. And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> I was talking to them. I was like, whoa, you like totally know how to touch all the wires. and. <laughs> Everything will be fine. They're like, yeah, this is, this is what I do. I was like, <laughs> so it was so cool. I was like, wow, this is a whole other path. And they're successful in a completely different way. And they're completely like, they're well-educated in their fields. They're working in their field. They're making good money. They are thriving and they're my age and they chose a different path. And there's completely nothing wrong with that. Honestly, I was a little bit jealous. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> a little bit jealous. I'm in so much debt. <laughs> right? You're like, and now I wish I would have gone to, you know, become an electrician. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> yep. I, I hear you. I hear you. And that's, that's what we need people to realize is that it is artisan. You know, some of the, the best electricians, they care about, you know, how the outlets are lined up, how clean their wiring is, uh, you know, how everything works. And, and that's an artistry and a skill. And it's not just some guy that knows how to, you know, not burn things down when he pulls a wire through somewhere. We, we need the people to buy into the idea that, like you said, the trades are really just another level of craftsmanship, just different kinds. And how we talk about it is incredibly important and talking about it is important because part of it is just not knowing, you know, not knowing that, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the move over Bob movement. Um, no. that sounds, great. sounds great though. <laughs> sounds like I want to be part of it. <laughs> yes. You guys should definitely check it out. She's working on updating her website and it actually just started, I think as a Twitter post, she decided, I think she was a hairdresser and she decided she was going to take a couple of trade classes and get into construction and do something different. And she sort of did this ha-ha post, like I'm the only woman in my trade class and it went viral and, and, and I hashtag move over Bob. And it was, you know, make room for us at the table because the industry needs, you know, women. And then she really just flipped it to become this place where, other women can tell their stories and support each other to get more people interested in it. And so it's this really cool thing that she started as a, was just kind of a funny and it's, it's turned into a much bigger thing. So um, she's updating the website to do more case studies and stories and share more people's experiences and connect people together. And, you know, probably, Maybe it'll be female-owned construction companies who hire females to work for them because they don't feel some of the intimidation. I don't know. I don't know where it'll go, but it at least just says like, hey, we're out here and we absolutely can do this. And you know, you guys are both examples of that. You, you didn't 
grow up with dads who were contractors where it was a natural next step and you weren't told to go into construction. You know, in fact, you were basically told like, no, do something else. And so, um, I think that's just bringing awareness to the fact that these are great jobs and not that we want to talk about COVID-19, but it's become even more prevalent that this was a industry that was incredibly important and it kept moving forward. And so not only did we need people in this industry before that, but now we know that it's an essential service. That, a bunch of people asking me, hey, so they're like, are you working from home? And I'm like, no, no. They're like, so, so like, is your company hiring? <laughs> Even if your company's not hiring, if people are asking you, I know about a million other people who would. <laughs> so that's something that when you mentioned it at first, I was not surprised, but I, that has, not that I've had a whole lot of experience, I got hired by the first company that I applied to, but it was really hard to find, as someone with zero connection to the construction industry, it was really hard to figure out from a Google search of construction companies, which of them had any interest in a woman that knew nothing about construction. Like the general conception is that it's a boys club, um, you may experience um, like, you may experience discrimination and it's it's hard to know which companies are going to be prepared to have you and are going to even be interested in having you and i i stumbled across this company because i knew someone that was working there but and kiona knew me working there yeah. but we right. both had a really hard time figuring out who to even call and a lot of construction companies don't say on their websites that they are willing to have people call them like cold call them and ask about work like it's it, it felt very close mm -hmm. yeah and i think that the companies that do have you know like careers pages or whatever those ones sort of stand out to me mm -hmm. um and they're like you know we're we'd love to hire people from all backgrounds genders etc it's like like i think that's, that's the kind of company i would want to work for sorry yeah i think that's something that needs to be said on your website if you're looking to bring in diversity is that you like it yes we're working towards a place a time when you don't have to say we will hire diverse candidates but that is something that if i think you're not gonna hire me i need to see it on your website we're looking for people of all backgrounds we our community is accepting of people of all backgrounds and skill levels to, to you know we're that like that it's having that yeah, it's up like there reassuring and it's like, really reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. The construction industry definitely needs to take an uptick in um, web presence and um, ability to to find that because you're right. I have probably had five or six contractors mention to me that they're looking to hire. Do I know anybody, etc. But they ask me and if i didn't meet you or talk to you then i don't know that you're interested and so i don't know to connect you with them um that has been a struggle that i hope that we can get over in the construction industry which maybe goes back to the other thing that we talked about um which is that the trades are often associated with the lower whatever is a lot of people who like to work with their hands and be out in the field aren't that good with websites and updating and um, I don't know if you guys caught on the podcast, I had uh, Kate Stevenson with Helm on and Helm helps construction companies like build systems into it. And some of that is putting together diversity platforms, helping them figure out how to get out to. But I think that they are very small and people don't know that they exist either. And I would love to see Helm be huge to help all these people out to get to this place that says, you know, like, this is how you do it. And whether it's, you know, putting stuff like that on their website so that you can find it because you're doing a Google search or, or whatever, or whether it's going to places where 
you might hang out, go into liberal arts colleges and saying, Hey, this is what we do. This is how we do it. We're looking to hire, you know, um, I think how we connect the, you know, the construction industry to the next level of, of people coming into the industry is good. Cause you know, I'm looking at a lot of people that I work with and the construction industry is, I don't want to say they're aging, but like you said, you were on a job site and you had age to your advantage because most of them were old enough to be your dad. Well, where are all the people between you and your dad's age, you know? And so, yeah, it's like, where are they? And how did we miss connecting with them? They were told to go to college and they went. And then no one picked up the mantle. And then another generation happened and those people like couldn't get jobs from a college degree and went back to working with their hands. I don't know, that's my, that's my theory. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know that any of us have any uh, have any idea what happened, but I think we are. We're missing a big part there, and we're missing a connection to now that we're not treating construction the way it used to be, which was you were a craftsman, you were proud of your craft, your dad was a craftsman, your son became a craftsman. Now that we're treating it in a different way we need to approach people because like you said those people who are missing are all behind desk jobs that they hate that they felt like they had to do <laughs> they'd be much happier uh, out on a construction job site or you know doing any of any of these other things so we need to to change the perception um i think john deans said it on maybe on bs and beer one of the episodes you know he's just like I worked in, you know, an office job for a number of years and I decided I, I wanted to work with my hands and I went back in it and, you know, people are like, oh yeah, the trades, like I'm sending my kid to, to college, like, whatever. If he doesn't do well, he can go into the trades. And he's like, wait, like, that's, that's what I do all day long. And I'm really proud of what I do, you know? So it's like, hold on here. You know, this is, this is the way we frame how it works. And so I appreciate that you that you basically said it was hard for you to find somewhere that you thought you could apply. So that's important on how we connect people. And it's also good for people who are looking to hire to know, you know, because we are missing the base kind of in the middle, there aren't a lot of people with 10 years of experience, you know, we have to start training the next generation kind of coming in. And if we can get people who are really proud of being part of the construction industry that want to take that on and build the next generation, then it'll be worth taking, you know, like you said, you weren't just the kid who was there for a month or two while they waited for something better to come along. You know, you expressed an interest, you wanted to learn, you wanted to stick with it, so. Um, when I was first looking for construction jobs, I applied to like a bunch of other companies and just never heard back. Um, and I just sort of gave up on those places because they clearly didn't want me. But I think, I don't know, maybe if someone else had gone back to me, I would have, I don't know more options thought, thought more about it I don't know. that's kind of a bummer yeah 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 well and that's disappointing for i mean we're talking right now about women in construction but you wonder if that's also you know other young generational people who say like i don't have any experience but i'm willing to learn and they just don't get back to anyone which doesn't help our industry at all uh, for yeah. sure so, so we were we, both looking for jobs when we really needed a job. Yeah. Like when I was first looking and yeah. then when you were that, it, you know, if they don't get back to you and someone offers you a job, you like take you take job. the job. And so yeah. like, we're very lucky to be at a company that values us, but I don't, I don't think either of us knows whether there's a company out there that would be a better fit for us because we this is all we've done. We, yeah, and also we. It was hard to get a hold of other companies that we didn't have an in to. Yeah, and so 
Yeah. And a lot of places do ask for like multiple years of experience. And yeah. That's also kind of, that sort of turns you <laughs> off from that immediately. Like if you don't have five years of experience, you're not even going to think to apply, even if they would hire you because yeah. you have a little less experience, but you're smart and hardworking and willing to learn. But if they don't talk to you, if they don't even try to talk to you, then they won't know that. Yeah. Um, and also it, it just seems sometimes like there's a bit of a disconnect. It's like construction knows that construction is aging out and yet construction continues to require five years of carpentry experience. It's like, you're not going to replace the people who are aging out. If you don't hire people who don't know anything, what you need to be hiring are people who want to know things so that your aged carpenters can teach them before they leave. Yeah. Like, no it's a it's a big frustration that everybody has because construction didn't do anything for too long because people went to college instead of getting into construction and so now everybody is so busy that they feel like they don't have time to train a new person but if they don't train any new people it's just going to keep getting worse. And so at some point they have to train the new people. And like you said, hopefully while the old people are still there to, to train you, but it would be really interesting to find out, you know, having the right person in the right job, which is, which is always an issue, you know, like finished carpenters and rough carpenters, not always the same people and they don't like to do the same things. And so it would be really interesting to see, you know, when you have the right person in the right job how long does it take them to learn I don't know like you know did it did it take you two years to feel like you were comfortable doing something did it take you two months and you know a two-month investment to be you know somewhere where you could be really helpful even if it wasn't whatever your final thing was it should be worth the time well it's always worth the time but that they say that in all business books is that we never spend enough time in in the important but not urgent parts of you know business and so um it's important to, to spend the time training. It's a little bit frustrating if you spend the time training and then they go work for somebody else because now they have training. Um, but at the same time, if we could get people that are interested in it and have some time to do training, you know, it, I, I think it's, we're, we're struggling as an industry to fill the gap between, you know, those who are aging out and the new, new world of construction and, we're not doing very good at it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, it's just like learning how to use the tools and then like the speed and technique and like adeptness at building the thing comes with time and practice um, and not like a whole lot of supervision all the time. But like when you're learning how to use a power tool, that's like very specific training. I agree. I think that you don't necessarily need for roofing experts you need like you know maybe one person who knows the whole like what what has to be done and yeah. has the expertise to guide and train capable people and like yes it will probably be a little bit slower at the beginning and i know that speed is of the essence all the time but also you if you hire people based on their interest level and their dedication over their experience you might get someone that can learn how to do something quickly enough to still be useful to you like i don't know or like do the kind of like the crappy work that like you know take out the trash and like clean up the job site yeah. and all that sort of thing that will help speed up the entire process and if no one's doing it it just like then the, everything gets everything. gummy everything yeah. gets like slow yeah. yeah and also some i i feel like a lot of greater tasks have a lot of subtasks that are not that complicated yeah. and you don't need to know exactly how like i am i don't know how to build cabinets from start to finish like i definitely don't but i have been taught one part at a time and i've been doing them as needed, but 
I, I still feel like instrumental and I still get to do this, the thing that I've been asked to do as well as I can do it. And it's, it's a lot of the time, like, it's like mill a bunch of quarter inch nosing for cabinets. Like, you know, while I'm doing that, our cabinet maker can actually put a bunch of boxes together. It's like, I'm not, I don't need to be a skilled cabinet maker to be useful in that shop. Yeah. And like, I couldn't go and build a house, but I've been a part of every step of building a house. And so, or like any building. And so like you get sort of a broad view of how it all comes together and you get to sort of have a taste of each part of the process. Mm -hmm. um, and you're not, I mean, you're working with a team, so you're not being asked to do it alone. Um, yeah, I think that if you look at it as like a, a team effort, then obviously it was it would always be lovely to have people with lots and lots of experience doing the thing. But also if you have a team and you can think critically about how to delegate tasks based on the experience levels you have and when is the right time, this is a two-person job, I can use this as a training opportunity. Or, you know, there's, I just think that if you thought about the issue of training inexperienced people, there's just, there's got to be a way to integrate it into a functional job site. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's correct. And, you know, from a building science perspective, um, we had a contractor say, you know, I assign one person who is in charge of the air sealing on the job site. That is their job. Make sure that we hit the air sealing target that we have. And that's not exactly a specialized skill other than paying attention. You know, that guy probably always has a caulking gun. He's got a roll of tape and, you know, he's going around and when the roofer punched, and when the roofer punches a hole in the sheathing, he tapes the hole in the sheathing, you know, and like, that's not probably his only job, but it is one of the most important jobs, especially in high performance construction, because if you don't do it right, it becomes a durability issue in the long run. And if we started talking about building in terms of durability, and we stopped talking about building just in terms of whatever's the cheapest way to get it done, then it comes back to the whole being proud of the craft that we have and changing the value proposition for the people who are paying you to build this structure for them. They care about the durability. They care about the longevity. If it's a house, they care about the longevity of the house. If it's a commercial building, they care, care about the, you know, the maintenance. You know, I don't want to do continued maintenance on this thing because this one thing, we just didn't have enough time to do it right the first time. And every year after that, we have to do something with it because we didn't do it right the first time. So, um, there are a ton of tasks that aren't necessarily the skilled task that you're, yes, you say that maybe you don't know how to build a house on your own or all the cabinets on your own, but you're learning each of the skills in the cabinet shop that's giving them time to do the other things. So then when it gets to the part where you need to learn something really detailed, you've already learned so many other skills that that detailed thing that you need to learn is now just one little level up from what you didn't know instead of like, here, put this cabinet together. And you're like, I don't know how to plane a nosing. Like, how am I going to put this together? Like you've learned a lot of the skills that you need and you're just putting building blocks, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it was awesome talking to you ladies. I don't want to take up your whole evening. Is there any other imparting wisdom that you have, um, you know, good or bad for either the construction industry, hey, do this better, or for other women or minorities who want to jump into it? Parting wisdom, things you either wish you would have known or... <laughs> Maybe we just really lucked out with the company that we work for, but something that I guess I didn't know before was that like everyone that I've worked with as like most of the people that I work with have been really great and welcoming to me. Um, and I didn't need, they're, they're just people, you know, I, I work, I walk onto my first job site and I'm super intimidated because 
I like felt so unskilled and <laughs> small and weak. Um, but then I just sort of decided not to be afraid to ask questions and get to know everyone and have them get to know me. And I don't know. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember telling you at least, um, that I felt like I experienced more diversity of, of like person, like of personhood in my first week at, in my construction job than I had at my like supposedly very diverse liberal arts college. Um, but people come to construction for all different reasons from all different backgrounds and it may at the surface like in a snapshot look like a bunch of the same kinds of people like all you know it might all they they might all look like the same person but but they all have their own story they all have their own background they all have their own interests like like you were saying like everyone is just another person like you who wanted to work in construction and you should go on and try to make the most of the community that shares your interest in something. And if you treat them like people and you ask them about their, about their craft, nine times out of 10, they are super excited to share that knowledge with you yeah. and to include you in their work. I think that is very valuable experience for people. It's just not to be afraid to think of other people as people because that's really who they are. And I've learned a lot of that from the building science community, people who I thought were like, oh my goodness, this person is this huge guru in our field and I'm afraid to, you know, like how oh, I'm super intimidated. And then they turn out to just be really nice people who roll up in a Prius and their bike strapped to the back of it. And they're like, hey, how you doing? You know, like they're... It turns out that people are just people and some of our misconceptions, and then this isn't always the case. There are people who have had bad experiences, just like there are bad architects, there are bad contractors, there are bad people. They're just bad people. And that's really what they are. There are bad people <laughs> and there are really, you know, great, super nice people. And there are more of those than there are bad people. <laughs> so Every industry has its own culture. Like we are talking about the average age of construction being older it's going to have a, a like a, a social culture that is reflective of that but that won't change unless you decide to go include yourself in that culture and be a part of it like yeah it's just it's, it'll be a boys club until you go and change the demographic yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i love it that, this is awesome i think i could talk to the two of you all night I, and I appreciate your your openness of, of basically just kind of shooting down the myths like it's there aren't any barriers there you know there isn't any way to change it unless we choose to change it and there isn't any reason why we can't and especially with the construction industry the way that it is now we need to have people and they need to start with potentially no skill and be trained and there's nothing wrong with that so yeah just like one more thing I think at first I was like intimidated to be the only woman on the job site except for the first couple days we were there but like now it feels very empowering oh yeah it's like so cool <laughs> you feel so cool like running around with your like, screw gun like hammer and like it's just and like you know kicking butt and and like taking up your space yeah. that is absolutely your space to take up there and yeah. and like seeing your work come together mm -hmm. and like pointing at a building and being like i put that up there or i built that wall it's, it's pretty cool it's really cool <laughs> yeah thanks for being on the podcast and showing other people that they can also to do it and for telling the contractors out there who listen to the podcast how to find more people <laughs> who are who have the right attitudes like you guys um i know i had a high school student who's part of a taylorville uh 
Illinois uh, high school construction team. And afterwards, I think there were probably four or five people who were like, if you move to our state, we'll hire you tomorrow because they loved the attitude that she had. So, and, and that's, like I said, 80% attitude and 20% a skill you can be taught how to do and changing the value proposition of is college really necessary? Is college really the right thing for everyone? College might be the right thing for lots of people, mm -hmm. but there are plenty of other people who can get into, um, into a field like this that don't need to go to college, don't want to go to college, you know, don't, don't want the debt. I mean, maybe it's as simple as that, right? I mean, how, how we, decide how expensive and unfortunately college is probably only going to continue to get more expensive. So there's not, there's not going to be enough jobs for the person who went to college, then got a master's, then got a doctorate till they could get a job in some field that they thought they wanted to work in. There's not going to be enough of those jobs out there because there are plenty of other jobs that need to be done. Who will build all the doctor's houses? Yeah. <laughs> No one will build their passive houses. We'll build their hospitals. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the E3 podcast. I hope you guys have been enjoying these episodes as much as I have. I've had some really interesting guests, a lot of great professionals in the building science and architecture and building realm. So thank you to all the guests that have been on. If you're enjoying the podcast, like and share on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or leave me a comment on the website. And if there's somebody you'd like to hear from or you'd like me to have on the podcast, send me an email, emily at matramarch.com. Otherwise, have a fantastic weekend and we'll see you again next week.